The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Kyle Coster Show, presented by the Big Lead. It's always jealous of those people who got to do the voices, those sounders. They stick with you. What a great gig. Just going in the booth, parlaying your magical voice into profit. That's the life right there, voice artist. So, you know... I'm a Renaissance man. Everybody knows that. I will be reading Chaucer again and again, seeing if I miss some subtext. Love to dive into history, things like that, film, all the high-minded stuff. And I think I'm this developed character who has transcended the typical red-blooded American man form. And then football season comes along. And it's football. Football. Football every single year. Wasn't excited for this season. Michigan State fan here, not expecting big things. But when the calendar turns to this time of year, you start thinking what Saturdays are going to be like, how they're going to be jam-packed, how you can turn a TV on for 12 hours and be confronted, assaulted almost, with excellent games in the pageantry. Fans returning to the stadiums in mass this year, maybe not the best idea, will add to the experience. So with all that going on, I found myself locked in to a rather lackluster game in week zero between Illinois and Nebraska. And Fox smartly jumped ahead, got a week zero game, got the chance to plant their flag on the season. And I was really impressed with the studio work done by Rob Stone and the rest of his big noon kickoff compatriots. Wrote about it on the site. I've talked to Rob about that first foray, about what to expect this year, how they're going to keep trying to build momentum after a particularly hard year last year. And we dove into his approach. I found him to be really thoughtful. He thinks about what he's doing. It's calculated. And it's just part of the reason why I think that Fox as a network is on the right track when it comes to building up its college football brand. My interview with Rob Stone coming up after this long and awkward pause. All right, welcoming in Rob Stone here. He's the host of Big Noon Kickoff on Fox Sports. Football season's here. I was having the argument today, I think you can make a case that September 1 is the most optimistic and exciting day on the entire calendar. What do you feel like when we get to this point of the year? Yeah, there, there's certainly that different vibe that, that college football is here and it beats NFL to the punch, right, for games that really matter. And you know, college football really is more of a sprint than a marathon. You know, I'm lucky that I get to work uh, other sports that fall into the marathon category, you know, like 
we just completed the summer of soccer. I don't even think we completed it because we have another game this weekend. That's a World Cup qualifier. That's massive. So like soccer is year round. It's a grind. But when college football gets here, and and I get to see you know my guys, my people, whether it's whether it's my producers or you know Bob and Reggie and Matt and Brady. I know I've only got a limited time with them. And then with what Fox has put in investment wise in college football, and we know we're going to these great places, there's just this, this huge upswell of energy and emotion. And you can, you can feel it on the text chain, you know, like we've got a big noon kickoff text chain and the dudes aren't always working year round, right? I'm always doing basketball or soccer, but you know, bowling and I'm, I'm busy, but you can, feel the text energy in Matt and Reggie and Brady Bob when anything comes up college football related it's just a swarm and I'll put my phone down and I'll look at it I'm like 24 text miss what is what is happening and it's lots of hearts and emojis and you know exclamation points but it's this real true energy um, that college football is back because I think it's it's just it's one of the greatest elements in American sports society and the fact that so much of it was seized from us last year I think is just added added to this excitement level. Yeah, that's that's a big thing to hit on because kicking it off big with two trips to two large Big Ten games, getting back on campus, and you know I'm biased, but I love the Big Ten. I love the atmosphere. Um, what are you, what's it going to be like to get back on campus? What did we? What were some challenges that we didn't see from last year? Because I think that everybody did such a good job continuing to put forth a professional show, a show that set the table in studio. But what were some challenges that we didn't see outside the obvious energy level being slightly and understandably down? Yeah, but, but that's, that's a huge thing. I mean, that's a massive component of what college football is, is that energy, is that enthusiasm um, that, that ripples through communities, you know, not just stadium game day, but, but entire environments uh, for the days leading into it. Uh, that you can't replicate. And that is really hard um, to play up when you're in a sterile environment somewhere, um, somewhere else, whether it's Los Angeles or wherever. And, you know, look, we did a game at Ohio State last year. And, and I, I remember just sitting in the horseshoe in the second quarter from our set looking around. And, and I, I was like, I don't know, what am I feeling right now? And it felt like probably like an inner squad spring game you know, like, or a scrimmage that we happen to sneak into. I'm like, wait a second, this is Indiana and Ohio State are playing a massively important Big Ten game. And there's a few family members sprinkled around and there's staff and you can hear everything and nothing about it seemed right. And, and yes, we were thrilled that A, we were there and college football was being played. But I, I think that's the biggest component that everybody missed. And, and I know that's what we're all looking forward to is the fan. The fan is back. And what the fan does to college football is is unique to every sport out there. Yeah, I, I think that you could make the case that the fan is the main character in college football. Uh, and I don't think you can make that case for any other sport is this unique thing where I'm tuning in and I want that pageantry. I want to see what a fan base looks like. I want to see what the Oregon fans are doing. I want to see what the Florida fans are doing. It becomes this important character that provides so much, both, you know, just in a way that you can feel it, but in a way you can see on the broadcast, you want to see people going wild. And I think that being able yeah. to leverage that in a pregame show is obviously going to jumpstart the coverage day. So I think it presents a new 
opportunity compared to last year, but an opportunity that uh, you know was taken away and, and made made things a little bit more difficult to get everybody like up to ten right at noon. Yeah, well, we, we have embraced the fan this year at Fox Sports. Um, they are literally our number one priority. Uh, whether it's it's from uh, a viewership standpoint, a PR standpoint, uh, a production standpoint, we want the fans to know that we care and, and we miss the hell out of them. And they are a valued commodity. And you're going to see a whole lot of fans the next couple of days on Fox Sports with with big noon kickoff. Um, you know, we're going to be in Minnesota for, you know, a truncated pregame show ahead of Ohio State, but then we're jumping on a plane and heading right to Madison. And I just, you know, I, I just want to eat cheese curds and I want to pop beers and I want to jump around and I want to do everything that Wisconsin fans do. And I'm not alone. You know, I mean, I, I will turn to Reggie and Matt, you know, I turned to them uh, in week zero of our, of our coverage of Illinois and Nebraska. And every time I said, we're on the road next week, we're going to that. And I, like, I would just see them shaking their chairs, like this real true honest smile this is not Heisman Trophy winners faking it they are damn excited to get their asses to a Big Ten country to get into Wisconsin to see what is going on and to smell it and feel it and taste it and then we go boom you know right to Ohio State and boom we go to Norman and boom we go to Chicago for Notre Dame and Wisconsin um, there's just this massive groundswell of pure energy internally and also of the energy that we know that exists out there that we get to embrace again. Big Noon kickoff was coming in to an ecosystem that had kind of a long lasting standard bearer and was trying to make inroads and provide another option. And it was always going to be a tough task. And I thought that the first year built up a ton of momentum. A, a lot, large part of that was Urban. I thought Urban was so good on TV, one of the best that's been on forever. Uh, you know, good luck to him in Jacksonville. Bob Stoops coming in too. Another, another character that I think people will really learn to love because you saw that he was going to be good at this uh, when he was coaching. You saw that the bones were there. But last year kind of even with best efforts was going to slow some of that momentum. Um, and the first week when I tuned in, I was really impressed. Like you mentioned in the Illinois Nebraska game, I thought there was such a smart approach to both the pregame and halftime where there is time, there is time to present these personalities, to showcase Reggie, to showcase Matt, the way that the three of you play together. And it seemed like there was a real emphasis on having fun. I, I wrote that it was, you know, shades of inside the NBA, which has a longer time. Is that something that is a conscious approach for this year? Or how do you know when chemistry is relaying to the viewer at home when you can feel it on set? Yeah, there's a couple takeaways from that. Number one, you know, time is of the essence. And you being uh, an announcer doesn't really have control over the commercial inventory, right? And, and how things are laid out by programming and, and ad sales. So, you know, like for soccer, <clears throat> for instance, our half times are so short and brief. It's hard to get anything in there because, you know, we want the viewer to watch the game and we need to sell some ad time to keep the games going. So we, you're not able to get a whole lot in a soccer halftime window compared to maybe what you can get now with a college football. And, and I love the fact that another thing is that when the half is over, boom, they come right to the studio. It's not, hey, here's a commercial and we're giving you a chance to, to check out for a while. Instead, we're saying, oh, hang, hang on for a moment. 
And we were able to pivot pretty quickly uh, last Saturday with the half times about what the talking points would be. Uh, because you want to talk about what's 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 a newsy in that first half, but what's the freshest moment that might have just impacted things. Um, so so there's that, and then there's this genuine you know love between all of us and respect and camaraderie and understanding of television. You know, one of the things that I will tell young people getting in the industry, and particularly young, um, not young, but young in the industry athletes that I work with, where we'll go through rehearsal and I'll say say save it. I can feel them going somewhere. I go, stop, just save it for the red light. Um, the production people that I work with, we will kind of scheme, which is probably the, the absolute perfect word. We will scheme concepts that we're gonna drop in, whether it's a pregame or halftime or something that just we just learned. And during a commercial, they'll drop it in my ear like, hey, we're gonna come back with this tweet that just came in. We're gonna tee up Reggie sport coat, right? There's, there's stuff coming. So we do a lot of scheming behind the scenes to spring it on everybody. So I say, save it for the red light. I need that pure, genuine, um, unadulterated reaction to what, what is happening rather than, oh, we're gonna talk about this. Oh, Reggie's got a good one-liner. That one-liner only works one time. Um, that one-liner does not work the second time you hear it coming through because you're not gonna get that pure reaction to it. So um, there's a lot of components that, that come into place. And a lot of it too is just trust. You know, we, we trust the people behind the scenes, they trust us. And I am, I'm also trusting of, you know, the Matts and the Reggies and the Bradys and the Bobs that they can handle any type of pivot that, that we're throwing at them on a moment's notice. And they also know that, yeah, we, I think the term you use was we take the piss out of each other. Um, we do. And, and guess what? That's what people do in real life. And people are turning in to enjoy things, right? And they, I, I feel like they find a way of, of connecting more with people who are more like them and who act like them and do things like them. And we're not sitting here with this perfectly polished head of hair and, and the makeup that shows no wrinkles and the suit is perfect. They want them to be normal functioning human beings, you know, not, not artificial intelligence. So the fact that we can kind of take a pot shot at somebody who won a Heisman Trophy, you know, or or take a take down somebody who's won a national title or first round draft pick, I think kind of shows how how vulnerable uh, and human we we all are at the same time. But again, it, it goes to respect, it goes to camaraderie, um, it goes to time spent together, which is which is how you get that trust, which is how you get that equity. And you know, we have a, a quote unquote a new member to the team this year in Bob Stoops, and you know, we have spent time off-site, um, off-camera, building building that trust and building that equity because we had built such a strong foundation and now we're, we're bringing in a, um, a new band member, but it feels like Bob has been there all along. And we were lucky enough that Bob joined us a couple times in the past for some of those Oklahoma, Texas broadcasts that, that we would do from outside the Cotton Bowl. So he already knew who we were um, and some trust was built in there already. And he's just He's just excited for this new opportunity and and he's you know he's blended himself into the team seamlessly and I, I think when you watch Thursday and you watch Saturdays going forward you're not even going to notice that there's a, a new character on the show it's going to feel like you know this this other person has been here all along the Kyle Coster show is brought to you by Manscaped go to manscaped.com put in that promo code fansided20 they have the lawnmower 4.0 which is sweet. It's optimized, waterproof. You can groom in the shower. No mess. That's the way to do it. I always say that. 
It's got that wireless charging system, the whole nine yards for your lower half. Go to manscaped.com, fansided20, 20% off, and free shipping. That's code fansided20 at manscaped.com. Yeah, I think that a smart viewer can feel the difference between an authentic disagreement and one that's manufactured. And But more than that, they can feel the difference between a fake media laugh and a real laugh. And the value of a real one where people are really like interacting with each other is so much far superior to one that's been the third time you're hearing of the day. Like, I think that people can definitely discern. Uh, so there are shortcuts. It's just sometimes those shortcuts uh, are, are, are detectable from the audience. You said something interesting where you said there's trust up and down the roster. And I think is, you know, oftentimes as the host, um, you're responsible for teeing everything up. You're responsible for keeping everything on time. And I would think that someone in that job would naturally have the inclination to become a control freak, right? Because you want to be in possession of the ball, but you just want to make sure that everything is happening on time. How do you learn to let go a little bit and trust everybody to do their job and put you in the same positions that you're putting your coworkers in to succeed? Yeah, um, you know, it's my, my job is kind of like part traffic cop, part quarterback, part, you know, coach on the field. Um, but in the end, you know, I think the biggest things that somebody in my position needs is to lose their ego um, and understand that everybody else down the line is, quote unquote, more valued than you are. People are not tuning in to hear me. They're tuning in to, to hear Reggie and to hear Matt and, and coach and Brady say, say things or react to things. So I need to do my best job to put them in position to succeed. So no matter the sport, I'm fortunate enough to work in the back of my brain every day. It's like, I need to do things to make, make these people uh, look and sound as good as possible. And if they're knocking it out of the ballpark and people are writing about how good uh, a week zero Saturday halftime show is, I'm going to take that as good job, Rob. Um, you know, the, the article might be about great things that Matt and, and Reggie said in a moment with Brady, but in the end, I'm doing my job if people realize how good these guys are. So, um, and, and when I was younger, it's, you know, this is an ego business and ego was always floating around, but you lose your ego real fast when you're surrounded by Hall of Famers and Heismans uh, and first round picks and people who've played in, in World Cups, you know, and people who've won NCAA championships in basketball and football, you quickly realize where you are in the pecking order. You know, like when you're out and about with these guys or, I'm, you know, I'm out with Alexi and company and people are handing me the camera to take pictures with them. I'm like, cool. I appreciate that. I know where I stand. I love my job. I value it. But I know at some point I'm just a picture taker out there on the road with these guys and I'm fine with that. And, and I want to see the fans happy. And I love it that they recognize who, who everybody is now and what we are, because um, when we entered this game and I'm talking big noon kickoff, when we entered this game, it was a one team league, right? It was a, <laughs> I mean, that's the easiest way to put it. There were, there were no other teams in this league. One team played in this league and they won the league title year in and year out because they didn't have any competition. And now it's a two-team league. And that second team is pretty damn good. And um, they have made, you know, they have made the purchases. Um, they have the buy-in from above. 
and they have the attention of everybody in that stratosphere right now. And that is something that is really unique in sports television. I think the nerds out there understand it. And I'm a nerd. I love, I love all the inner workings of sports television. Um, I think they realize how difficult it is to do what Big Noon kickoff and what Fox College football overall has been able to pull off in a really short span, um, considering the head start um, that the competition has had. Is that challenge part of the reason you are so attracted to um, doing the show? Uh, I would imagine that it's easier to stay super hungry, um, you know, when you're starting out as the person who's chasing as opposed to being chased. 100%. Um, I've, I've always, and this is just me again, and we talk about ego, so it's more about everybody else. But for me, I've always been an underdog guy, right? So if I'm watching games and I'm a neutral, I'm cheering for the underdog. Um, I'm cheering for the underdog story because that, that makes great theater, great drama, great television. Um, and I like to be a little bit more of a grinder, a blue collar type guy who's not afraid to get dirty and get at it. And certainly there have been moments in my career where I would sit back and go, man, man, I wish I was there, right? And not here. But all of my stops essentially up the food chain, I, I, I was down here and I was looking up at where I, I wanted to be. And that, that kept the drive and the hunger going. And um, you know, some of that is in play. Um, and, and a lot of it, you know, came to light when, when Urban was working with us. And, and he and I oftentimes for a couple of years, we would kind of share, not really a dressing room, but a dressing room area where it was just kind of the two of us. And we would talk really early in the morning. We would talk at the end of the day, but in the early days when Urban was working this, um, we would sit in the, at the end of the day and, and he didn't know how to, how to judge the day. He didn't know if we won or lost because that's all, all coaches know. Did we win or did we lose? I know we won. Like, I know we, we just like, that was the top five upset. We just pulled off today, Urban. Like, you don't know it. And he's like, well, tell me why. And I'll, I'll list the things like we did this. We had never done this before. Um, you know, our, our leadership up above it has bought in and, and is pushing us to go here and do these things. These are all wins, Urban. And, and he, and he would start to understand, but he also, in a typical coach manner, would say, okay, but we need to improve, you know, special teams or defense. We need to, we need to lose some of this, but we need to pick this up. And it was, it was a really cool experience for me because I've been in this business for a while. Uh, and he was able to kind of refresh me to a point where um, we were able to ask these questions again of why. I mean, a really simple, you know, you've got kids, I've got kids. How many times do you get why, 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 why? And, and you're enough of it. And in our business, you can get a lot of whys and the response can immediately be because, because that's the way we've done it. And he gave us this great opportunity to say, well, wait, why, why do we do it? And sometimes we're like, well, here's why, Urban, right? We, it's a sponsor. Um, they, give our, they give our company money and we need to talk about that sponsor to get us into something. All right, just play along. Sometimes you just got to play along. But there were other whys that he brought up that we would all go, you're right, we this is, this is fat on our TV show that is not needed. Let's be, let's be lean and mean, and let's take this 30 second, this 45 second of, of stuff that nobody is passionate about and nobody cares that strongly about and makes no impact to the audience. Let's shift it over here where we can, 
where we can get another double, you know, where we can get another body blow in, um, where we can make another impactful moment where people are going to go, whoa, wait a second. I, I like hanging out with these guys. Um, I need to give them uh, another Saturday and I need to start my Saturday with them, you know, rather than maybe the last 10 minutes. Maybe I need to see what these guys are doing um, going forward. So we're, we, we got a lot more wins and Urban started to understand the wins. Bob understands the wins already. And, you know, I think one of the biggest wins we got was in the offseason with Tom Rinaldi joining our show um, and, and the impact that Tom had um, at his prior job at, and, and the stories that he presented made an impact and people talked about it and reverberated. And, you know, I'm, I can't wait for that first week when we, we come out of a Rinaldi feature and somebody in our set is crying because it's going to happen. There's going to be tears. There's going to be mumbling. I guarantee you right now, you know, on our 9-11 show, Oregon at Ohio State, there's going to be a whole lot of people trying their best to keep it together. Um, and that's, in a, that's a good way. Like, that's good television. Um, seeing energy and seeing emotion and drama and having those moments where you just stop. You know, you just, you stop. Because football and sports can just, can be, you know, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, two hours of end to end going and talking and laughing and energy. And sometimes you need those moments to just go, holy, wow, wow, what a story. And, and I know we've got one coming your way this Saturday from Wisconsin, a story that's going to make you hit the pause button. And I know Tom is going to be able to present those throughout the season. I think that's going to be another bonus uh, to what Big Noon Kickoff has that that's going to pull in more people. And you're going to see more of that that social media interaction out there where they're going to say these guys are beating those guys now in certain categories and on certain moments and on certain Saturdays. He's such a unique weapon. I mean, maybe you could say that Wright Thompson is up there in terms of, of pros, but I don't think that anybody paints a picture and brings an emotion to the viewer just based on the sound of his voice, like Tom Rinaldi, maybe yeah. not just in sports, but maybe in all of television, it's going to add a, a layer and it's going to add more depth to the show. It's going to round it out. I think it was a tremendous signing, obviously. I mean, he can be deployed both in college football, NFL. He's extremely versatile. He can do all those things. Hearing you talk about how you would break down shows with urban and just based on our 20 minute conversation here, I, I get the sense that you're very analytical about the job and that when the show is over, that's not when it ends. Can you tell me about the joy you get from assessing your performance and challenging yourself to do better, not just on game day, but throughout the week and, and how that's a positive benefit to your life? Cause I know a lot of people like that who take that approach they can't think of another way to do it. This is the way to do it. And it brings them, yeah. it's the most rewarding. It, it, I guess it's kind of the way I, I grew up in this industry. And, you know, I, I got my start at, at my competitor right now, you know, ESPN. And, and I, I thank them for everything they gave me. And it was grad school for television when I was a production assistant out of college, living in my basement back home in Simsbury, Connecticut. And they gave me the foundation to do everything that I'm, I'm doing right now. And I'm so beyond thankful to them for that. And they gave me another opportunity to, you know, do things uh, on the other side of the camera early in my career when I was ready for uh, that next step. Um, and when I was able to take that, that next step and do local television, that's where I, I kind of got my start in Albany, Georgia, WFXL, a uh, former 
a Fox affiliate in Albany, Georgia, only two stations in town. And our station was in a converted car wash. So it was just a long, narrow brick <laughs> building on the side of Slappy Boulevard. And, and I loved it. And I was like, this is the greatest place ever. And it wasn't. It was by <laughs> far not the greatest TV station to be at because our competitor, WALB in Albany, would routinely hand us our ass. I mean, it was just an absolute beatdown. No matter how hard we worked, um, and our sports department busted their ass. I mean, we were everywhere. If there was a, a soccer game, we were filming it. Every football, every coach knew us, basketball, baseball. We were there giving you the local stuff, and we busted. And it kind of goes back to that, you know, here we are. I, I know my role. I know where we are. I know I'm looking up at the competition, and we need to keep beating them. And what, what we would do there, and I carried it on through my next couple of jobs, is I would um, immediately self-scout. And that's another piece that I, I hand on to people in the business. Self-scout yourself immediately. Mom and dad are going to tell you, oh, my God, what a great job. You're, you're fantastic. Oh, I loved how you did that story and that interaction. It doesn't matter, right? Don't, please don't listen to mom and dad all the time. Uh, you have to listen and hear it and feel it yourself. So when a show was done, you know, I'd, I would always I would hit play record on, on the deck as I walked into the studio and I walked back out. I hit stop and rewind and play and watch it. And, and I would sit there and, you know, like, like any good coach would do, you know, Saturday night after a, a bad loss, they're like, give me the tape. I'm watching it back right away while this is fresh. And it's never as good as you think it is. It's never as bad as you think it is, but you need to see it. And I would self-scout and say, win, win, loss. Don't do that again. Don't wear that. That worked. Do more of that. And if you keep doing that, you, you, you get yourself in a rhythm where you know what's working and what isn't. Um, and now as you start moving up the food chain, you need to keep doing it because you can get lazy. You can get caught up. You can expect producers and coordinating producers and executive producers and bosses to say, to have that information filter down to you. But in the end, they hired you because they trust you and they value you. Um, and they should do the same with your self-scouting. Um, so I self-scout myself, but I self-scout our team and, and our production and more times than not, I kind of keep it to myself, but there'll be moments where I'll jot down and I'll be like, hey, hey, because I've built up this trust, ideally, at least I like to think I have with, with my colleagues where I can say, hey, on those lineups, you, you need to slow down a little bit. Like, I can't, I can't make it out. And, and I'm sorry I'm doing this, but you and I have this trust where if you tell me something, I'm like, you got it. I'm, I'm on it. Um, so I'll find little moments. Uh, and usually I'll send a note to to my, my producers, my bosses, and the response will be like, we're already on it, right? Like we saw it too, we heard it too. Um, but it's funny because we are this team, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons that, that coaches and athletes like to get into this business is because they miss the team. We all miss this team atmosphere and we're able to create it at Fox Sports. You know, I have my soccer team. I have a college basketball team. I have a bowling team. I have a college football team that we are all on and we have, you know, our quote unquote, our locker room and, and we have our strategy sessions and we have our wins and losses. We have our schedule, right? Every year, we know what we're doing. And, and it's why I think those people are able to gravitate it because they, they miss that team and they want to be in that fight together and they know strengths and maybe some weaknesses and they want to help each other out. Like I know where Brady is super intelligent and I can just keep feeding Brady all day. I know Reggie, um, 
you know, will be able to, to riff on some type of Heisman or wardrobe thing or whatever. You know, I know Matt can talk about West Coast. I know Bob can talk about all the inner workings inside recruiting and, and a locker room in the coach's office. So you learn everybody's strengths and you just kind of keep feeding them the ball, right? I mean, like, it's super simple. I, and I always laugh when I hear about, like, quarterbacks going through all these offensive coordinators. And then there's that one offensive coordinator that sticks. And that coordinator usually sticks because he'll go to the quarterback and say, hey, what plays work, <laughs> right? Like, what plays are you comfortable with? Oh, you like doing that, but you don't like doing that. Great. Like, it's so basic. I mean, that's life, by the way. Like, hey, are you good at that? Great. Let's keep doing things you're good at. You may not be so good at it. Fantastic. We're going to work on that behind the scenes. And then when you're good at it, we'll break it out in front of that, that red light, you know, or we'll break it out, um, you know, when that whistle blows and, and we're playing our game. So um, I don't even know what the hell the question was because I just started rambling right there. But um, yeah, there, there is this trust. There is this passion. Um, and, and it is pretty evident. And it's also evident when it's not there, right? I think a lot of viewers out there will, will watch sports television or anything and go, I don't know if those people really dig each other or, or get along or hang out or have fun. Um, and that's not the case at, at Fox, you know, and I don't know what it is about the DNA there, but everybody there is definitely on a team. And there's a lot of different teams at Fox Sports, but they also know they're, they're part of this family. And it's, it's definitely a different culture than, you know, our, our competitors, I think. And look, I've only been at one of the competitors, so I can't speak about the other places, but there's something really unique in the DNA at Fox Sports um, where they, they, trust, they trust people and they let them be who they are and they let them smile and laugh and enjoy themselves. Uh, and I think that's probably the biggest component of what that Fox Sports DNA is. Yes, those are the words of Rob Stone, Big Noon Kickoff. Words that can only really be appreciated on September 1st, the most exciting day of the year. We're going to look forward to two big events as we kick off the season this weekend. And thanks so much for the Simsbury, Connecticut shout out. I know that former TDL <laughs> writer Ryan Glassbeagle will be very thrilled about that. He's yes. proud of his hometown. You bet. You bet. We all are. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.